Turning your Bibles to First Chronicles chapter 4. We're just looking at two verses, which is really unusual for us to take this length of time just on two little verses, but <clears throat> they deal with a prayer that a man by the name of Jabez prayed. We're in our grow groups. We're looking at it. I hope that when you get into your grow groups, there's a lot of good discussion as we think about this. Sometimes people with that, there was a book written in the 2000s, which is 19 years old, the book is, and it was called The Prayer of Jabez. It became very famous. It became one of the top selling books in the whole United States. And it, it was by, written by Bruce Wilkinson, and he wrote and, and basically taught about this. Now, I'd say if you've got the book or if you want to read the book, it's, it's, not a, it's a good book. There are some things in there I would not agree with necessarily, uh, but it's a really good book. And so we're, we're looking at this prayer, and so I, how is, why are we doing this? What's it for? It helps us to think about prayer, but it also gives us a pattern in prayer. And now the question this morning as we look at this last section it deals with pain and evil, okay? And we're going to talk about it. Why did he pray this? What does it mean? In fact, <clears throat> it deals with, this part deals with pain, suffering, sorrow, evil, and it's according to your translation. We're going to, I'm going to show you the different ways it's translated, and we'll see how that fits together. So there's, there's a lot there. Now, nobody likes to suffer, I mean, most of the time we say, oh, I don't want to suffer. I don't want something bad something to happen, or I don't want to go through something. I don't want to get sick, or I don't want to have something go wrong. Sometimes when we think of suffering and tragedies, we think of things like the shootings or the earthquakes or the hurricanes and, and all of those kind of things. Let's think for a second as we get started about the suffering of Jesus. Because, you know, he, he's the eternal God, <clears throat> leaves the glories of heaven, becomes a human being. First of all, according to Philippians, to become a human being was really a lowering. He emptied himself. The Greek word there in Philippians is called kenosis, and it means to empty. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I don't know what the deal is. Thanks. <clears throat> you got anything in this? But, yeah, some of that kind of, I'm not much on water. <laughs> That's real good. <clears throat> okay, that should help. Anyway, uh, when you think about Jesus, he left the glories of heaven, became a human being, and, and you think, wow, okay, that, that was a real letdown, according to Philippians chapter 2. But then he suffered for us. Not only did he become a human being, it says he humbled himself to be obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And so let's think about Jesus. He suffered, first of all, sinlessly. He didn't suffer because of sin, his sin. He suffered because of our sin. He took our sin upon himself. So he suffered sinlessly. He never, never sinned. Second, he suffered silently. Remember, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and <clears throat> he didn't argue, he didn't fuss, he didn't fight, he didn't put up a fight. In fact, he went willingly. He laid down his life. And then the third thing is he suffered as a substitute. He suffered in our place. Because the wages of sin is what? <clears throat> it's death, and we're supposed to die, and he died in our place. Now, with that in mind, sometimes we think about our own suffering, and why do people suffer? Well, we suffer for sin, which is our own. Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Whenever you sin, <clears throat> there are consequences to sin. There are. They're just, it's just a natural thing that sometimes when people do things wrong, uh, there's a consequence to it. Sometimes it's from God, but sometimes it's just a natural consequence. There's a sin of others. Sometimes others' actions harm us. We know people who, who have had loved ones or friends who were killed because some drunk driver, some ran into somebody killed, you know. And we say, well, that, that wasn't their fault at all. No, it was somebody else's actions. Sometimes there are things <clears throat> like accidents or hurricanes or earthquakes or just things that happen. And so... We suffer. Now, here's what this verse is saying, because he, let me read it to you. 
The last part of his prayer says, and keep me from harm that it might not pain me. Now, that's the New American Standard. I'm going to give you some more information in a minute. And so Jabez prayed to keep him from the pain, keep him from pain. Now, what does that mean? How does it all fit together? What does it mean? He prays to keep me from harm, keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain, that I might not have pain. How does this fit? And what is Jabez asking in this prayer? Because we've talked about praying this prayer, and we've talked about it, that it talked about bless me, and it talked about expand my borders. We talked about let your hand be with me or upon me. And we said that the blessing idea there was let God just use me. And then we saw that the expand the borders was use me more than I could imagine. We saw let your hand be upon me. That means God use me and, and your power. But what does this last part mean? And if you've got a different translation, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you the different translations. And then why is it translated that way? So we want to gain four things we've been looking at. We've been looking about information about Jabez, information about his mother and birth, his prayer and the results. And so we started with Jabez and he is described more honorable than his brothers. He ends up being what the Bible, actually, the word honorable there means heavy, and it's the idea of of, uh, uh, he's got respect, he's honorable, he's more respected, he's a man of of power and character. Then his mother, why did she name him Jabez? Because she bore him in pain, so she named him pain. We said that was, it's kind of a sad thing because you think, you know, why would you name your child pain? I mean, think about it. Uh, We might want to name him Rocky or, or, you know, Saul or Paul. Paul or, you know, uh, James or whatever, but to name him pain. And, and, but his bottom line was he didn't want to be known as pain. In fact, we realized that a man who was called pain, but he wanted to be remembered for something much greater than pain. And so he called upon the name of the Lord. If you notice in verse 9, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I bore, because I bore him in pains. But Jabez called on the God of Israel. That means to pray. And here's his prayer. His prayer is saying, oh, that, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my border. Your hand might be with me and that you would keep me. I'm reading New American Standard. You would keep me from harm that it might not pain me. And what I like about this, it says, and God granted him what he requested. So we've been seeing this, and there's the four parts to the prayer, the blessing, the service, the power, and the protection. The reason I go over this is because I think it's a good idea, and it's not some magic formula. I don't want to say to you, if you'll wake up every day, pray these four things, God's going to do everything for you. This is a way to think about what do you want God to do with your life? I mean, you know, too many people as it is just go through life, and they get to the end, and they go, is that all there is? What happened? I mean, I was 20, now I'm 70. What happened? And, and we don't want to go through life, just go through life. And so this is a good way to look at it. And the first part, of course, is blessing. And what we say is, it's not for material things. It's not say, oh, Lord, give me a bunch of material things. He's basically saying, Lord, bless me. And as you look at the rest of the prayer, he's actually saying, Lord, use me. And I think every one of us in this room would be able to say to God, look, Lord, I, w- I want you to use me. The greatest blessing ever would be to say to God, please use me. And the the greatest blessing we could say is that God has used us. And as I look through many of you in this room, I can tell you, God is using many of you in my life and in other lives. But one of the things we could do in this prayer is say, Lord, would you take my life and use me for your glory? The second thing was expand my border. And when we saw that, that seems a little bit strange, but he's not asking for more things. He's asking that God would expand his influence. What if you said, Lord, I want you to use me, 
and I want you to use me to do things I hadn't even thought of. I want you to use me in this community, in this world, with my family, with my friends, at my job. I want you to use me to do things I've never even thought of. Use me beyond what I could ask or imagine. Think about that. Have you ever thought about it? And, and, and that's why I love the Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think, according to how? The power that works with us. He says God is able to do beyond what we could even think about. We could even think about. And so he's basically saying, Lord, use me to do more and have a greater influence for you. Would you feel okay with praying that? Would you say, Lord, I want you to take my life and use me, and I want you to use me to do things beyond what I could even think about now? Because you could say, oh, Lord, I, I might want to teach a Bible study, okay? He may have something for you beyond what you could even imagine. So think about that. What do you want God to do with your life? Are you asking him, Lord, take me and use me? The third part, of course, is let your hand be upon me or let your hand be with me. And that is basically to serve in the power of God. It's not our strength. When we say take my life and use me and use me to do things beyond what, you could, what I could imagine, we're not saying and let me do it. No, we're saying do it through me. And we talk about his power and his direction. It is, you know, we can, uh, we can never do anything in our own strength. Everything we do as a Christian is God. God's power through us. And it's just so amazing. I love the verses. Philippians 4.13, in Christ I can do, or in him I can do all things. And then John 15.5, apart from him I can do what? Absolutely nothing. So if you want to make an impact for Christ, even if you said, Lord, I want you to take my life and I want you to use me, I want you to do a lot of things and I'll try to do it myself, you're not going to get much out of that. It's going to be when you say, God, take my life and use me, empower me to do things beyond what I could ask or imagine. And that's why the Galatians says, walk in the Spirit will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Ephesians 5 talks about being filled with the Spirit. So here's the prayer so far. Now we've gotten down to one of the harder parts of the prayer. And he's saying, bless us. Use us, Lord. Expand my border. Use us beyond what we could imagine. Let your hand be with me or upon me. Empower and direct us. Now that's a great prayer. And if you stopped right there, it's a great prayer. If you just said, Lord, I want you to take my life. I want you to use me beyond what what I even imagined. I want to make sure it's your power through me. Use me, Lord, in your power to do things for you. We get to the last part, and I call this the protection. Because he's praying for protection. And, of course, all of that, you pray for protection. I know that many of you, every day, you pray. You've got family. You've got children. You've got friends. You've got And you say, oh, Lord, pre-protect them. You know, people say, I'm making a trip. Uh, and we say, okay, we'll be praying for you. You know, we're praying that they'll have a safe trip. We pray for protection all the time in a lot of ways. Notice it says, Jabez called, this is verse 10 again, Jabez called on God, the God of Israel that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my border, that your hand would be with me, and here's that last thing, that you would keep me from harm, that it might not pain me. What are you really saying in this new American? Keep me from harm that it might not pain me. In other words, keep me from harm that I might not experience pain. Now you could say, does that sound okay? Should we pray to God, oh God, don't let me experience pain in my life? Well, let me give you some of the different translations. First of all, the New American Standard says, uh, keep me from harm so it won't pain me. Basically, let me not have something bad. Let me not have something hurt me. The New King James says, keep me from evil that I might not cause pain. Basically, <clears throat> keep me from sin that I won't hurt others. That's a little different translation. NIV says, keep me from harm, free from pain, no harm. Let, let me live free from suffering. 
The NLT, the New Living Translation says, keep me from all trouble and pain. And the ESV says, keep me from harm that it might not bring me pain. So why the different translations? Why would one Bible say, keep me from harm, not hurt me? The other one says, keep me from evil that I don't hurt other people. Well, how does it all work? Well, let me just show you something. I'm not going to go into a huge number of details, but in the Hebrew, there's a Hebrew word right here. This is the word that's translated evil, distress, harm, or wrong. This is the one, and it could be translated keep me from evil. It could be keep me from harm, keep me from distress. The other word that I might not experience pain is the word for pain or hurt or grief. Okay, so those are the words that are found there. And so I want to show you this. The first word, the word harm there could be translated evil or distress or harm or wrong. And so the New American Standard says, keep me from harm. The ESV, keep me from harm. NIV, but the New King James takes the word and translates it evil and says, keep me from evil. Okay, the second word which we saw, is the word that could be harm or pain or grief or hurt. New American Standard says, no, it won't pain me. The NIV and the NLT and the SV says, keep me free from pain, while the New King James says, so that I won't hurt others. So I want you to think there's two translations of this based on whichever how your translators looked at these Hebrew words and decided to translate them. One says this, keep me from harm so that I won't have pain. Keep me from suffering. It won't help Is Let me ask you a question. Is it okay to ask God to keep you from harm or pain or suffering so that you won't have troubles and problems? Is it okay to ask that? I, I think it is. Wow, I don't see anything wrong with that. In fact, the translators of the NIV and the New American Standard, that's how they look at it. They said, he's saying, oh, Lord, keep me from pain, keep me from harm, keep me from trouble so that I won't have a lot of pain. That's what he's saying. And it's okay. Uh, we know that God never leaves us or forsakes us, and we even know this, that whatever troubles come our way has come through God anyway for us, okay? But there's a second view, and that is keep me from evil, keep me from wrong, keep me from doing sin so that I won't, and keep me from doing evil things so I won't cause pain either to self or others. So the second view is keep me from doing evil so I won't hurt myself or others. Now, is, is that true? Could you pray, oh, Lord, keep me from doing evil things? Because if I do evil things, who's it going to hurt? It's going to hurt you and possibly others as well. And so he says, though I won't cause pain, keep me from, from that. Now, is that anywhere in the Bible that you pray that you would keep yourself from evil or that God would keep you from evil so you might not cause pain? Have you ever heard that before? Anybody? Yeah, of course you have. Matthew 6, 13, in the Sermon on the Mount, keep us from the evil one. Deliver us from, it literally says, deliver us from evil for yours. Of the, but it literally says, deliver us from the evil one. Keep us from the evil one. John 17, 15, keep us from the evil one. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, keep us from evil. And then Psalm 141, 4, I love this, says, do not incline my heart to evil things. He's asking God, don't let my heart start going after evil things. And so the truth is this. You, you could look at this in two different ways. You could say, oh, Lord, uh, don't let trouble come my way so I'll suffer. Or you could say, oh, Lord, keep me from evil things. Don't let me do evil things so I won't cause pain to myself or others. So the two translations would be, keep me from harm, that I wouldn't have pain, protect me from pain. 
or keep me from sin and evil so that I won't pain others. So basically protect me from sin. The bottom line for me is that he's asking for protection. And the protection could be, oh, Lord, don't let bad stuff come in that I would suffer. Or also, Lord, please keep me safe. Keep me from the evil one. Keep me from doing evil. Keep me from evil things because that will not only hurt me, but it will hurt others as well. And so when you think of the prayer, it would be this, oh, Lord, bless me. Use me, Lord. Expand my border. Use me greatly. Use me beyond what I could imagine. Let your hand be with me or upon me. Let it be your power and your direction. And Lord, keep me from evil or harm, whether I won't cause pain or have pain. I lift that up to you. I think the last one is protection. So it's a great prayer. And we're going to put it all together next week and see how it all fits and make some applications and things like that. But the bottom line I want you to think about is, would you pray this? Is it okay to say, Lord, would you use me? Is it okay to say, Lord, would you use me beyond what I could imagine? Is it okay to say, Lord, would you use me and use me beyond what I could imagine and let me serve you as I do this in your power? And Lord, as you're using me beyond what I could imagine in your power, protect me either from just things that come in my life that might cause a lot of pain or from me doing something wrong that could cause pain in my life or other people's lives. So it's a, it's a, a tremendous prayer. So let me give you, before we go, let me give you some applications. The first one, let's pray. Let's okay to pray for God's protection. And I think, I think there's two ways to pray for God's protection. One is just the events in life that we would say, oh, Lord, don't, you know, I'd like you to keep me, keep me safe from a bunch of bad things. You know, we live in a fallen world, and all of us have experienced something that was bad. We've also experienced something where we say, wow, if I'd have been there an hour earlier, this would have happened, or I think it would have happened. I mean, you know, who knows? And, and I can still remember, you know, that, that bridge that that, um, that that barge hit in, in Oklahoma, and the bridge collapsed, and about five or six cars went over into the water. I go over every time we go to Mississippi. Every time we go to visit family, we go over that bridge, and we—I can't remember whether, yeah, it was. We had gone over that bridge two days before we were because coming back, we had to go through the, we had to go through the roundabout way because we had gone over the bridge. We went to Mississippi. The barge hit the bridge. People died, and then on the way back, we had to go all the way through Gore and trains go all the way around. And we said, "Gosh, we." We just went over this two days ago. So you could say, thank you, Lord, for not, you know, not having a bad event happen to us or something. You could, so you could pray that. But, but you could also say, Lord, keep me from evil. Keep me from sin, you know, because we're fallen people, and, and we've we got to be real careful. And we got to, you know, I love the Proverbs 4 that says, be, watch where you go, watch what you say, and watch what you do. That's what he says. Watch what you're looking at, watch where you're going, and watch what you're saying. I mean, he says, be careful, guard your heart, because that's the wellspring. And so he's actually saying, Lord, protect me from, from evil things so that I don't get caught in them. And then the second thing is, let's pray that God will use us in his power to do great things. Oh, Lord, bless me. Bless me beyond what I could imagine. And in your power, use me to do things beyond what I could imagine. And protect me, Lord, as I seek to live for you.